Good morning. How are y'all doing today? We're having some technical difficulties, so we don't have our countdown to let y'all know that it is 1030. So we are going to get started this morning. We also don't have a projector again, so y'all just bear with us. Uh, we got the new projector, but it's not working yet. So we're going to get there, I promise. The songs this today are going to be Raise a Hallelujah, This We Know, Victory is Yours, and See a Victory. So uh, y'all sing along, y'all worship with us. You don't have to have the words on the screen to be able to worship. So Amen. we, y'all stand up. I'm going to lead us in prayer, and we are going to get started this morning. Amen. Dear God, I thank you. I thank you for this day, God. I just thank you for this opportunity to be here, God. And we just come now, God, and just bow at your feet, God. We just come to surrender to you today. Um, we just pray, God, for your presence. God, we pray for your spirit to be in this place. Um, I pray that we would see a victory in your house today. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Ha 
Christians that are lost right now they don't know what to believe they don't know what to look at, what to turn to this media is saying this, this media is saying that can I get political a little bit, the Republicans are saying this, the Democrats are saying that what do I do, what do I believe believe God Believe God's word. There are no more experts. Nobody knows what's going on. One day it's this, one day it's that. Oh, by the way, it's this now. You got to do this to do this. You got to put this on to go here. Can we believe God? I tell him all the time, I said, Jesus, you are who you say you are, you're not. You just have to approach him like that. Father, you give me promises in the word. If I can't believe them, what, what am I here for? What can I believe? We have to stand up as Christians and believe who we are in Christ Jesus and believe what he said about us not what the government says not what any organization says believe what Jesus told you that's the only way we'll see a victory let's rise up as Christians
opportunity, God, and we just take this time, God, just to surrender our circumstances, God, to surrender our battles to you, God, because we know that without you is impossible, God, but we do also know that you came to the cross for just that, to defeat all of our enemies, God, to crush the devil when he whatever he throws at us, God, for for us to be able to cling to your promise of your victory, God. And we just call on that today. We claim that today in each one of our lives today, whatever circumstance it may be, God, whatever area of each person's life it is, God, every person here is fighting a battle. This whole world is fighting a battle, God, and I just pray today that we would stand firm on your rock. We would stand firm on your truth of your word, God. I just pray today that we would claim the victory today in each one of our lives. In your name I pray, amen. good to be back. I was gone last week, but I do know that things went well because I listened to the uh, message and uh, God let Jordan kill it. I'm talking about it. It was, it was spot on. And so, guys, today, I, I love what Jordan said, what God led Jordan to say through the, in his message about the cross doesn't just demand a change or 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 how did he say it? It doesn't just say it, Jordan. It doesn't just suggest a change. It demands a change. But it also demands a change of thought. A change of how you really are. What is your creed? You know, for the last two weeks, God has been dealing with me about my Christian walk and, and, and presenting me with scenarios in my life about what if? What if? Are we truly prepared for what's coming next? Now some of you are serious Bible thumpers. I, I get it. Some of you are like me. We, we like to delve into prophecy and we like to, we like to know what's going to happen next. And we're not control freaks. We're, we just want to know what's going to happen. 
Well, biblically, if we just take just a moment and we reflect, we realize that Satan and God Almighty are going to fight over a throne in Jerusalem, and it's the throne of David. That's what all this is going to boil down to. There is a throne in Jerusalem, and it belongs to David. God, Jehovah God, promised David that if he followed him, no one would ever sit on that throne besides one of his lineage. And guess what Jesus Christ is? He is of the lineage of David. So it's all going to boil down to who's going to take it. And by Scripture, we know that God Almighty takes it through His Son, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's who wins this battle. That's what happens. But in the meantime, what does it mean for us? As believers in Christ, what is it that we should expect to happen as we walk the face of this planet believing in the name, in the blood, in the person Jesus Christ as our personal Savior? What does it mean for us? Guys, I don't think that we're truly prepared and ready for what's already taking place worldwide because it necessarily hasn't hit here in the United States as of yet. In a Muslim-oriented country, a country that is, is under the, the religion of Islam, if you are a Christian, you are drug out of your house and beheaded for your belief in Jesus Christ. You are killed. There's not a trial. There's an accusation. And your chance for conversion to Islam or denial of Jesus Christ. And if you don't deny Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you die for your belief in Jesus. In China, a communist country, a... a, a, a a country that literally crucifies Christian people. They have to meet underground. There are underground churches in China that pay the price every Sunday for their belief in Jesus Christ. Every day. And it's just now coming here. Now, guys, we're not, we're, they're not out in the streets beheading us yet. Our weapons are, are, are against principalities as of yet. They're not necessarily flesh and blood, but guess what? It may come down to that. It may come down to where they burst through that door and they say, Scotty, you're going to have to shut up in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to say, no, no, I can't. I vowed a vow, and that vow will be, it will be my life's work. Why? Because I've met Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, and I can't deny what he did for me in my life. Can't deny it. It changed everything about 
me. So are we ready for the coming events that are about to take place against God's churches in the United States of America? You see, here's the thing. What God led Jordan to say last week was a precursor to what he's going to tell you today. Are you ready to defend your faith to the death? Because that's how important it is. Amos chapter 8, we talked about this the other day in Coffee with the Pastors. And if y'all have never listened to Coffee with the Pastors, I don't know whether you should or not. Because Jordan, Jordan is a lot more entertaining than I am. And, uh, and I'm liable to say something that my wife goes, and embarrass myself. But let's look at how that Israel was right before God allowed them to be judged. In Amos chapter 8, verse number 1, it says, Then the sovereign Lord showed me another vision. Now, Amos, guys, I love the prophet Amos. Amos was a shepherd. He was just a dumb old country boy that loved Jesus, that loved God. And God spoke to him and gave him visions concerning his people, concerning the Jews. How that they had fallen away from God. And he told him, he said, listen, I'm going to show you these visions and I want you to warn my people. Warn them. And then I saw a basket filled with ripe fruit. What do you see, Amos? He asked. He said, I, I see a basket of, full of ripe fruit, Lord. Then the Lord said, like this fruit, Israel is ripe for punishment. I will not delay their punishment again. In that day, the singing in the temple will turn to wailing. Dead bodies will be scattered everywhere. They will be carried out of the city in silence. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. Listen to this, you who rob the poor and trample down the needy. You can't wait for the Sabbath day to be over and the religious festivals to end so you can get back to cheating the helpless. Wow. That's not America. Do we have anybody like that? You measure out grain with dishonest measures and you cheat the buyer with dishonest scales. You mix the grain you sell with chaff, chaff swept from the floor. Then you enslave poor people for one piece of silver or a pair of sandals. Now the Lord has sworn this oath by his own name, the pride of Israel. I won't forget the wicked things you've done. The earth will tremble for your deeds. And everyone will mourn. The ground will rise like the Nile River at flood time. And I will heave up, then sink again. And that day, says the sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth while it is still day. I will turn your celebrations into times of mourning and your singing into weeping. You will wear funeral clothes and shave your heads to show your sorrow as if your only son had died. How very bitter that day will be. The time is surely coming, says the sovereign Lord. This is what God wanted to say. When I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or water, but of hearing 
the words of the Lord. Guys, we've got to go to the Lord in prayer for a moment. Father, we come before your throne of grace. And Lord, I know, Father God, what you've, what you've led us into today, it's all going to come together. But Father, your words are what, your truth is what changes our lives. Your truth is what challenges us, Lord, to know you, to know of you, to, to pursue you. And Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that every heart, every head that is bowed, every eye closed, every mind, Father God, in Jesus' name, is thinking right now of your throne and not somewhere else. Father, I praise you, Lord God, that you are in this service and you're about to speak huge, huge things to your people. We're going to see a victory today in the lives of your people, just like the song said. Father, we got to decide. Today, we will make a decision on you. We're going to choose this day whom we will serve. And like you told Joshua, like Joshua said to the nation of Israel in his day, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Forgive us, love us, and keep us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother and sister in Christ, have you ever wondered why there are so many denominations of faith in our, in our city and in our country? Have you ever just sat on the porch with a cup of coffee and sit out there and wondered, why do this certain denomination believe this? And why do these people believe that? And, 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 and how did they get that from this verse of Scripture? You see, the book of Acts talks about one church. That's all it talks about. It talks about a church that Jesus Christ called out on the shores of Galilee and he trained 12 men and he lost one, which they replaced without God's help. He shouldn't have done it with Matthias. But then these disciples begin to spread out and then we know that and understand that Paul was called as, a, as an apostle of Jesus Christ and he brought the word of God to the Gentiles. So that we, as a nation of Americans, could, we're Gentiles, so that we could hear about the truth of Jesus Christ. And this church began to convert and, and, and literally spread the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere. What happened from that point to this point? I want to submit to you something. What happened is man got involved with the truth of God's word. Man got involved. We began to practice a, a practice that many people don't like to hear. It's called buffet Christianity. Buffet. Well, I like this part. I like the contemporary worship. I'll take a second helping of that. Uh, forget those hymns. Mm, a little bit, a little bit bland for my taste. Yeah, we smile, we laugh, but truthfully. Hey, I love Amazing Grace. I love, I love it as well with my soul. I can sing them old hymns with an old six string and get that old dobro out on the porch and boy, make that slide. And I can make just as many wrong notes on the porch as I do up here. 
and have a good time. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. But God can bring solace to my heart with those hymns. But then we practice this. Oh, what about baptism? Well, to some, oh, we just sprinkle it a little bit. Some of us, we submerge. Some of us, we get into argument over once saved, always saved, and oh, man, I need to be saved 10 times a day. Yeah. It, 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 really, guys? Seriously, that's what we're talking about. What happened between God's day and today? There's a famine of the Word of God going on in the United States. It's not the famine of the Word of God. It's the famine of the study and the hearing from God that's going on in our nation. We're not hearing from God. Why? Because we're not listening. Let's explain something. In Jesus' day, when Jesus died and he ascended into heaven... When people were saved and they chose baptism, they chose to openly identify with Christ. Guess what that meant to them? Their job was done. They were done. They were kicked out of the synagogue. Everything in their life revolved around the synagogue. All of life. Their trade. Uh, their, their, their celebrations, their festivals, their feasts. Everything that they were commanded to do as Jewish people had, were severed. They literally had to trade with other Christians because they couldn't trade with the Jews anymore. You see, the fact of the matter is, brother and sister in Christ, they couldn't take one leg and put it in Jewish faith and put it in Christianity. They were all or nothing. And here we are, we are we're not doing that with God today. We're not all or nothing. We got one foot in the world and one foot in the church, and we're playing both sides against the middle. That's what we're doing. We're playing both sides against the middle. A discussion came up in our Wednesday night class. I would urge everyone to attend our Wednesday night class. And actually, it was a wonderful discussion. It was a debate. Actually kind of healthy. Why? Because it makes you dig. It makes you study. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What is true salvation? Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand something. You can come up here and say a prayer and have an emotional experience, and that doesn't mean you're saved. That does not mean that you are saved. That may, if, listen, if you're saved under the pretense of destination as opposed to saved under the pretense that you have broken the law of God, you're wrong. You're wrong. This stuff, this stuff about salvation just to get to heaven, honey, you've missed it. You missed the boat. 
We've got all these things. We've got, we have literally got a famine of the truth of God in the United States of America, and we're not studying, and the church ain't standing up, and they are not prepared for what's going to take place in the coming months. Not prepared. Kids, let me ask you something. You going to be able to stand your ground when somebody says, oh, you can't pray. You can't pray no more. Can you be a Christian and not come to church? Just, just look. If they take church away, if they take organized gatherings away, are you going to be willing to cross that threshold to come worship God? That's a question only you can answer. I got news. If you're brave enough to be here, honey, I'll be here too. How many of you saw John MacArthur in their church out in California? How many of you saw? They, they forbid them to worship. They forbid them to meet in California. Told them they could not organize and worship God in the state of California. John MacArthur said, we're not going to abide by what your law is. We're going to meet. We're going to have church. It's coming. Are you ready for that? You see, ladies and gentlemen, it's not just a situation where we come to church and then one day the trumpet sounds and we all hear it at the same time. And, and, and man, we're just, we're just living the life. Everything's just fine and dandy. You're fixing to get persecuted for your belief. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to go through a tribulation. But God is fixing to check your water on faith. He's fixing to. He's fixing to check mine. He's, going to, he's fixing to say, hey, big mouth. You going, you going to put it out there? You preached it for 18 years. You going to be a man enough to honor what your mouth has been proclaiming all these 18 years? You going to be, you going to be man enough to, to go to jail for me? I got news. They better look out. They're going to get, they're going to get some people in jail saved. They send me in there. They don't know what they're getting. There's going to be some preaching going on in there. There might even be some baptizing. If they ain't got bathtubs, we'll have to do it, we'll have to do it Methodist, right? We'll just have to put them under the shower head, right? <laughs> but are we prepared? Are we prepared for what's about to take place? You see, here's what's going to happen. It's biblical. What are they doing about the change? Anybody see the change thing? We have a change shortage. Where did the change go? We've, we mentioned this here a couple of weeks ago. There's always been a change shortage at my house. How about yours? Yes. There's always been a change shortage. But honey, there's not a change shortage anywhere. Except for the fact that they're conditioning your mind to go cashless society. Control. 
It's coming. It's here. The precursor is here. Forbidding you to worship. It's here. Next thing you know, they'll be rationing things. Rationing. The scripture says in Revelations, guess what? A man's going to work all day long for a loaf of bread to feed his family. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. It's fixing to get a little tougher. Are things kind of going up a little bit at the grocery store? You think? I know I've lost weight. But man, I'm going to tell you right now, that, that homemade ice cream we made last week, Vicky froze it. Boy, I've been hitting that every night, man. I've been sending her out, letting her thaw out just a little bit. Man, I've been, I've been heaping her up pretty strong now. I'm holding my own pretty good. That orange crush is pretty good about the fourth day. Yes. But it's going to go up. You see, one by one, the things that our forefathers fought and died for are disappearing on the face of our country. Slowly but surely, one at a time, a little bit at a time, it's fading in the name of progress. Who would have thought that your school system, our school system, would get so messed up. Ladies and gentlemen, let me, let's explain something. It's going to change everything about the way we make a living. We're not going to make as much. It's going to slowly dwindle as we go. Why? You say, oh, I'll make more money. No, the cost of living is going to go up. It don't matter if you make $5,000. Hey, guys, where I work, I'm bringing home less now than when I started. Why? Insurance has went up every single year. Insurance. Why? New world order's coming. New world order. One government. One language. One religion. Yeah, it's here. It's on its way. And you got people in this country that are fighting to get it here. Fighting to get it here. Why? Because of the famine in this land of the hearing of the Word of God. Okay, guys, where does that leave us as a church? Where does that leave us as a church? What are we to do? Are we to, to, to barricade ourselves in the church and, and man, just kind of get all the groceries we can get and put it in a stock trailer and, and get, build this commune? No. No, I'll submit to you, it's, it's an opposite reaction. It's called get big or go home. 
It's time now for the church to rise and speak the truth, live the truth. How many of us, brother and sister in Christ, know somebody that's so lost and they're lost in church? Literally lost in church. We're not talking about addicts. Addicts are lost in addiction. We're talking about church members that are still lost in church. They don't understand the, the present price of salvation. They don't understand what's coming at them. They don't understand and they're not ready to stand before the wiles of the devil that's going to come, come after them and pursue them. They're going to fold up like an armchair. Man, I'm worried to death. I'm worried. I'm worried about people in my family. Are you? They don't know. They're not ready for this. They're still hung up in this old way. They're still not seeing God. They're not hearing God. Why? Because it's not being taught. It's not being discussed. I hate to tell you this, guys, but some of you kids, 16 and 17 years old, you may not marry. That ain't an excuse to run out and get married. I had a discussion with a young couple about revelations one night. They went home, made plans, and got married. They said, it's your fault we got married. She's three months pregnant now. I said, that ain't my fault. I didn't have nothing to do with that. But they just wanted to talk about the Bible. So we got in a discussion about the Bible. And we began to talk prophecy about what's coming. When they got home, they checked it out. Wow, I, did, I, did, I, I didn't, didn't know that was in there. Yeah, yeah, it's been in there the whole time. Yeah. You see, brother and sister, cross, listen. What God led Jordan to speak about last week, not only does the cross of Jesus Christ demand a change in the conduct in your life, it demands a change in the mentality and the knowledge and how you act about everything concerning God. Everything changes. I think it's Matthew 24. Let's go there for just a moment. I got to find it. Matthew 24, look at, look at uh, let's start with verse 4. It says, don't, any, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Guys, we don't even panic when we hear about war anymore. Why? We live in America. We're the greatest country. 
Y'all know what the greatest threat in warfare is nowadays? It's not necessarily the nuclear warhead. You know what they dread the most? Drones. They can actually, they have actually created a drone that they can put enough explosive charge in that it's just like a fly and you can't swat it out of the air and it can come hit you and kill you in a matter of moments, in a matter of seconds. Drones. We're all worried about Star Wars. We're all worried about nuclear warheads, but we don't think about drones. But yet drones have been a part of our armed forces, what, for the last 10 years, 20 years? Yeah. Don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of birth pains with more to come. Then you will what, class? You will be arrested. Hmm. persecuted and killed you will be hated all over the world because what class you are my followers you see it's going to get real it's what God is trying to say to us this morning this is going to get real and it's going to become whether you're willing to go all the way with God or not Are you willing? You know, the Bible talks about Nero, one of the Roman emperors, back in the time of Jesus Christ, back in the time of the early church. Nero used to arrest Christians, and he would throw a garden party at his house. And he lit up his garden party by placing wood around early Christians and setting them on fire and burning them alive. That was Nero. For their belief in Jesus Christ, they were burnt alive at the stake. Now, I'm not suggesting that we will be burnt alive, but I'm not saying it's not out of the question. You see, it's going to get real. Many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere. Gee, that's not happening nowadays, is it? And the love of many will grow cold. The book of Thessalonians talks about a falling away that will happen with the church in the last days. If you don't think a falling away is happening right now, stand at the door and watch the gas pumps over there and watch every single barge and bass boat come through here. Because it will be scattered with four-wheelers, all of them headed to Carter's. I've never understood why you'd pay that much for a four-wheeler and go sink it in the water at Carter's. I've never understood that. But people do. But if you don't think there's a falling away, you need to open your eyes. 
When you get up on Sunday morning, well, you know, God, I just don't know, man. I, you know, I'm feeling pretty bad today. Guess what? The older you get, the worse you're going to feel. If it don't hurt, it don't work. It don't. If it ain't hurting, it ain't working. You might as well let her go, baby. You're going to be challenged every day. If you're going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ or not. The challenge is here. The last days are here. The question is what are you going to do? You know I get amused. God, God spoke to me here a while back, and he said, you know, Scotty, he said, you're not very talented. I said, I know. He said, you miss too many notes with your guitar. You don't get enough study time because you work, and, and you do everything backwards, so it takes you longer than it does anybody else to do anything. And you're old. You're getting old, man. I got news, guys. If I have to pick a splinter out of my finger, you might as well amputate. Because if I ain't got no glasses, I can't see it to pick it. But he said, what are you going to do, man? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out of the box. And I want you to go yelling to the masses. That Jesus Christ is coming soon. I want you to go and I want you to tell them that Jesus Christ is coming soon and to get your house in order. Let me ask you something. If Christ showed up at your door today, would there be some house cleaning on before you let him in the door? Would there be some things in your refrigerator that you didn't want him to see? Would there be some things stashed under the bed or, or, or some things that literally you know that God wouldn't approve of sitting around your house? Well, don't think he don't already know about them. But you're playing a game. You're not being real. You see, we're supposed to live every day as if Christ is ready to walk through the door and we hear the trumpet sound and we, we, we die that instantaneous death and we, lit we literally receive a glorified body and we go up in the air. Some of us don't believe in a rapture. You can stay here. I'll go. But are you ready? Are you truly ready to meet Jesus Christ? When you got saved, was it about heaven or hell or was it about Jesus? Because that makes all the difference in the world. When it was about a destination, you know, it, wasn't, it was still about me. I just had my ticket ready for Jesus, for my destination. 
I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It was all about where I was going. It wasn't about who I was going with. You see, there's the difference. And if you don't know who you're going with, guess what? You're not going to know who to stand for when it, when it gets real difficult. You're not going to know, know if you're going to stand for it or not. Let me ask you something. Mamas, daddies that are here in, in this congregation today, you got kids at home. Now, you're going to think this is a foolish question, but it's actually a very pointed question and it carries a lot of weight. Would you lay down your life for your children? Would you? Well, then why ain't you? Why ain't you? That's a question. Why are you not? Well, I, I, I would trade places with my kids any day. I, I would do whatever. I would die for my kids. No, you wouldn't. Or you'd be doing it now. You'd be making sure your kids are saved. It'd be more important than the ball tournament. It would be more important than a lot of other things that we do in this life. Wouldn't it? I'm going to tell you right now, guys. I got three beautiful kids, and every one of them is as hard-headed as me. I'll still worry about some of them. Some of the decisions they're making ain't, ain't reflecting what I want it to reflect. Now, I realize they got their own life to live. I get it. But have I done enough? Have I done enough for them to be accounted worthy of the blood of Jesus Christ? Are they making the decision of pursuit to Him? This is kind of getting real. Everybody's going. You know, I, that, that, let me tell you, that's body language for saying, I wish he'd shut up. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Caitlin, y'all come on. We're gonna have we're, we're gonna have a little come to Jesus meeting here. My knees giving me fits, and that BC's done wore off. Cody, can you get them lights, man? If you don't mind, it's, I think it's both switches, man. Don't trip over nothing. You'll hurt yourself bad back there. It's, it's cluttered up pretty good. There you go. Daddies, are you are you studying? Mamas, are you letting things slide that you shouldn't let slide?
Daddies, is there things in, your, in this life, in this thing that God's calling us to do? Is there some things in this life you need to let go of and give it to God? Got news? I got one. I got one. It's right here. Buddy, I need to let go of it worse than anything. Mamas, is there things that you kind of need to let go of? We talk about vices. We talk about drinking and drugs and pornography. And we think, talk about material things like that. But guess what? Let's, let's move on into the spiritual side of things. How about some unforgiveness in your life, honey? Woo, yeah. Oh, I, I, now, let's don't go there, Brother Scotty. No, honey, let's don't go there. They did me wrong. So... We did Jesus wrong too, but he forgave. You see, here it comes. New world order is ushered in. It's happening on your television each and every day. It's happening in your government each and every day. Every day, this prophecy in Revelations and the book of Daniel comes right face to face with you every day. Every jot and tittle, everything is happening before your very eyes. It's not a question of can you prove it. It's a question of, oh my gosh, it actually really happened. I can't believe it happened. It's here. Easiest thing in the world to witness to somebody that's lost. Why? Once you show it to them, they, they realize it. The, the hardest people to witness to are Christians. The people that think they're okay. The people that think they got it going on because they said a prayer. But you ain't living for Jesus. Many will come to me in the last day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out demons? Have we not done many mighty wonderful works? Depart from me. I never knew you. Why? Because you didn't have an intimate relationship with me. All you had was a destination ticket. You didn't know me. All you wanted was to go to heaven. You didn't want to know me. Yeah. You're still lost, honey. You're still lost. Well, there's got to be more to it than that. No, it's really nothing any more to it than that. We try to make it harder than what it is. We try to make it harder than what it is. We try to say, oh, well, we got to do this. We got to do that. No. God said, believe on me. Walk with me. Walk with me. I'm going to change everything. What are we going to do? Because it's fixing to get real. You need to come pray, come pray. But brother and sister in Christ, by all means, don't let this opportunity get by you. Because you don't know what tomorrow holds. Father in heaven, we come before your throne of grace today, Lord. And we just, I, Father, I know that, that, that this was not a very popular 
thing to speak, but this is what you told me to say. Father, in Jesus' name, we've harped on it, we've harped on it, we've harped on it for weeks. I'm tired of preaching it, God. But you said, preach this till this person gets right. Evidently, they're a chosen vessel unto you. What's it going to take? A Damascus Road experience, I guess. I don't know. But Father, I pray for your people today. People sick of hearing that the end is near. But it is. What's going to happen when we're rounded up? Will we stand for Jesus then? Will we deny our faith? And pray that God forgives us. Or will we live our faith? Will we, will we be able to withstand persecution? For the honor and glory of God. Lord, there's a big question out there. And we need to be able to answer it today. Convict our hearts. Let us know. Help us to understand where we stand and where we fall short. In Jesus' name. Let's make our decision. Amen. May we stand, guys. Guys, I want to, I want to, I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you in the house of God today. Some of you may not need salvation, but some of us may need a, a kind of a recharge. Some of us may need to hit our knees before Jesus Christ. Pray for some forgiveness for things that we've let go on in our lives. And we need to get back on track with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, Jordan's here, right here. This guy right here will bend down. He will pray with you. Luke's right there. There's a, there's a prayer warrior in here that you better look out if you go to pray in the hurry because the mountain's going to move. She's right there in the, in the pink. I think I can see her. Yeah. Adam's here. There's people here that will pray with you. Listen, guys. Don't get fooled. Take the challenge of Jesus.
Good day it's been, amen? Awesome. Guys, I just want to do some real, real quick announcements. Uh, uh, offering, uh, once again, is at the corner of the Welcome Center over there, and I believe at the back. And then you can also give online at tcab.online if you want to do that. Um, remember being in prayer for the prayer team that Miss Arla is assembling. 
Uh, I believe she will be back next week, so if you want to uh, join that, uh, do so. Uh, we are collecting 24-count crayons for the Ralph Bunch community, uh, and there's a good little stack started back there. Uh, just to, man, this is loud. Just to warn you, uh, is that better? All right. Just to warn you, uh, Tara went to Kroger and it was like 50 cent uh, crayons for only like four packs. And so she bought like 20 packs and four of them were 50 cents and the rest of them were like $2. <laughs> so don't fall into that trap. I'm just kidding. We need them. Dollar General has them for 50 cents. All right. Um, also, uh, life groups tonight. Uh, yeah, uh, the young adult life group is going to meet at my house again at 630. Uh, we're doing $5 a piece for some Good Larry's pizza. So if you're a young adult life group, uh, get me your $5 before you leave today uh, so we can eat some good pizza. Um, also, the wiser group is meeting here at 630. See how I pulled that off? I pulled it off. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, the wiser? Uh, maybe. The wiser group is meeting here at 6.30. Bring finger foods, and then y'all are going to go and do go to the park to hand out food. Okay? So uh, get ready for that. Uh, discipleship class Wednesday night at 6.30. Uh, be here. It's really good. And uh, I think that's it. I believe that's it. Awesome. So... How many had a good day in the house today? Amen. Now take that and go out there with it. Take the joy, take the peace that you feel and go out there with it and share it with everyone around you. Amen. Awesome. I'm going to turn us loose. God, I just come to you today and I praise you and I thank you, Father, for, for, this, for this place, Father, this, this place of, of peace and freedom in you. Father, every time that every time we come in, Father, you show up. Father, you are here. God, and I just pray that you continue to mold us and make us into the people that, that we need to be, Father, that, that you continue to convict our hearts to go out into the world and the people around us, Father, and share you and, and live the way you want us to live, Father. And, and I just pray that you just watch over us. God, just keep us safe, Father, and bring us back here to worship you again, Father, in spirit and in truth, Father. And I just praise you. In your son's name I pray. Amen.